Oh, baby, yeah. It's high drop, yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that one. This is number seven. Number seven of high drop episodes coming at you from Boulder, Colorado now, except not exactly. This episode is a, it's a little bit of a mix. It's a mix-a-sode. We got Nicholas, Nick, Nick Ortiz. Nick Ortiz is on this episode with me, and we just traveled through Florida. We went through Tampa. If you guys listened to the last week, we were in Tampa with a bunch of other people, um, namely Max Henry and Jace Eiley on the podcast last week. And after that, we went up through Philadelphia. Um, Nick and I taught a fear workshop out there, so much love to all the people who came out to that. Definitely, it was an amazing turnout. Philadelphia was super dope, super fun town to be in. Nick and I definitely are coming back. We couldn't stop talking about when we were going to come back, and we just wanted to be a little bit fresher, have a little bit better weather, etc. Um, we were both a little bit wrecked by that point in the trip just because the traveling life is not always the, the easiest life on the body. You know, you don't sleep as well. You're staying up. You're eating on the road at Wawa's and shit like that. So um, takes a toll on you after a minute. And that was towards the end of the trip. So we were feeling the we were feeling the heat and the, the coldness, actually, too. The the Philadelphia area is is beautiful, but it's also windy as shit and the humidity and stuff like I didn't even pack a jacket like that was properly. I had to buy a jacket at Target because I didn't have enough layer going on. Holy shit. What's up, Shay? Oh, my God. I just got sniffed on by a dog. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. Hey, come here. Get in here. Um, so mid-recording, we have some friends walking in the Maxwell here. We're just gonna keep going. Cause I ain't got time to redo this. And uh let's go ahead and get into it, boys and girls. This is the seventh episode, like I said. We did it in the Philadelphia airport, me and Nick, just impromptu because our flight got delayed by an hour. And we had nothing better to do, and so our energy levels were maybe a little bit sapped on account of the traveling and everything, so our brains were farting often. But we had a really fun conversation, got into some abstract thoughts about some really interesting stuff. Nick talked about his snakes obsession, so look forward to that. But before we do all that, a couple of things. Number one, we got a hotline call couple of, or maybe it was a week ago or something like that. We got a hotline call. So we are going to play our first hotline call. Thank you. It's a mystery caller. I could look it up because I think they messaged me before they called and they were one of the people and they say it in the message that they suggested that we do the hotline. And I said, as I said, when I suggested the hotline in the first place, it only takes one person and I'll do the fucking hotline. So this is one of those people that called in and um, he's going to be dignified as our first guest our very first and only so far voice caller so i'm excited to get the hotline popping off so we'll talk to our mystery guest um and we'll just leave a mystery this time maybe he'll call back and we'll get a double a double going on uh but before we get to that even a couple of things so first of all i wanted to thank i wanted to shout out store real quick store much love to you guys uh they sent me a, an, a two awesome garments from their their line so we got a, a sick tall tee a tall gray tee a tee a big old tee um dragging at my knees you know when i'm training so i like that thing it's very very soft materials um it's got the store logo on the front just simple and clean 
very Euro style. And even more Euro style, they got they also sent me and hooked me up with the black turtleneck long sleeve option with again the store logo up front, the you know, there's some store branding on the side. Super dope, especially this time of year. I wish um I wish I would have had it all season. It's super it's actually really warm. It's perfect for like these kind of winter training, spring training times when the air is kinda cool and uh, it covers your neck. Um it's super styling and luckily for me i look good in all this shit so thank you store they uh they very much appreciate those guys hooking it up they have their own podcast as well um if you guys have not tried to check that out make sure you go check their their thing out i don't know exactly know where the links are but you figure it out they the biggest thing they the biggest thing in parkour right now and deservedly so they're the best team i would i i would say hands down just they're doing the biggest the best shit the biggest shit um, if you don't know who Store is, like I don't know how you know who I am, but you gotta go check out Store. They are they're killing it. Um, so much love to those guys. And um, just in terms of news, just a quick little news announcement here. <clears throat> the Cork Pre has been landed. I mean, it probably has been landed before that. I know people have done corks like on the same wall, you know, just from the same wall to the same wall, just further down the wall or whatever. Um, we saw from Verky, our old friend, the Kong double gainer kid, uh, who's like 15 or 16, insanely talented young, young lad. He threw a cork pre across like a pretty sizable gap at height. So definitely see that if you haven't seen it yet, remember to be following him nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Like people are sending some of the harder flip precision variations now. And sure enough, no, no sooner than we land than I saw that cork pre, which to my knowledge, is the biggest cork pre ever done that Verky did. It was at height. It was a beast. Um, so very, very impressive. Some other kid, young man, I should say. I don't know how old he is maybe, but uh, he threw a double cork pre. So this guy's lesser known. If you guys want to check him out, let me pull him up. Pull him up on my Instas here because I bookmarked that shit. What is his name? Tell me your name. I ran underscore pkfr oh man he's the he's the sole iran athlete dude this boy is the sole representation of parkour free running out of iran so iran if you uh say it cool iran iran underscore pkfr absolutely insane oh never mind excuse me double excuse me i fucked up that was who reblogged it that's how i saw it because apparently i i don't even follow this guy but i'm about to his name is actually Pezman underscore Corky. Oh, well, he's got cork right in the name, right in the handle. So no wonder why he's doing double cork pre. But this guy threw a double cork pre. Absolutely insane. So uh, I actually don't see the video on his account. So you have to go to IranFR. Or maybe it's just way further down here. I'm not going to waste your guys' time um, or my own finding it because I already have it right here in front of me. Iran PKFR. But absolutely insane. It's a tiny little gap he goes over, to be fair. But, uh, I mean, I've never seen it. And it looks insane. Like, I, I can't imagine doing a double cork, period. Much less over a gap to a little wall. You know, two twists. It's You've got to be really confident to be able to spot your landing. And he does a full out of it as well. Um, he looks super hype on it. So, I'm sure, I'm sure it's legend. These are the legends. This is the future history of parkour being made. So check that out. I'll throw that one in the link for you guys um, in the description. And um, 
that was our bit of PK news because me and Nick don't really talk much about parkour in this episode, which you're going to have to get used to if you want to keep listening. And uh, it's going to be the more fun parts of it. Trust me. We all know about parkour. We all love it very much. But I think the other things that we connect on as a community are equally, if not more, interesting. Um, so let's check it out, boys and girls. This episode, we are going to go full throttle right after this hotline. So, again, let's listen. Let's let's just get into the hotline real quick. Let's just check out this hotline. I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. Here we go. Hold on. I have to queue it up. It takes like a split second. Okay. And begin. What's up, Brandon? Uh, this is a... Uh so one of those guys who told you to actually start the hotline, told you I'd call in, so I thought I'd make good on it. Hey, what up, big man? Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. I like a man who follows through, who, who does what he says he's going to do, you know? You say something, you go out and do that thing. Respect to the people who do what they say instead of just say shit. All right, keep going. Um, just going to fill you in a little bit on my parkour story. Been training for about... Uh, seven years my man again i'm about i'm a, oh, a little more now i'm eight years deep but that's a similar trajectory of movement path we're on right now so respect for anyone who's been in the game that long here we go uh worked at a gym for the last year gym ended up going belly up or not really belly up but it was just fucking insane of like the uh just not I don't want to say incompetence because I don't really feel like that's the right word but it might be the right word for this situation I don't want to say incompetence just because they're my friends and everything like that but um yeah I mean I don't know what you're getting at man sounds like there's a juicy story there come on nobody's listening just tell us about it tell us about it I want to know call back next time let's let's hear about it also that's unfortunate sorry to hear about you Jim for real the fucking parkour community has lost a lot of gyms as of late it's not it's a struggle i think it has a lot to do with just the just the business model of parkour gyms it's kind of tough it's a lot of square footage not a lot of um momentum necessarily yet behind like this i mean there's a lot of momentum excuse me but there's not as much participation like worldwide uh mainstream wise at least you know it's it's you get you got the you got the yogas you got established things like that established disciplines um, we're getting there and we will get further along but just just going to the business model in a yoga class for example you got 40 people 60 people sometimes squeezed in one little room all they take up the only space they take up is a like two and a half by six foot mat whereas parkour you need so much room for movement there's a lot of overhead that's all i'm trying to say there's a lot of overhead with parkour and it's not it's not no it's an easy business to get into. I mean, I've been in the business myself for a number of years, so I know that it gets tough. Um, shout out to all those gyms that have kept going over the trials and tribulations, including my beloved Apex, the movement. And, uh, you know, to all the gyms that didn't quite make it, especially this guy's. Whew, sorry, man. We hope you keep keep going, and the next time around something works out for you. Let's hear for the rest of this. Let's hear the rest of this call. Yeah, no, I was just uh, asking, like, what do you think uh – what do you think should be, like, you know, the new things for parkour and stuff like that as far as, like, where Jim should go and stuff like that? Um, well, now that you mention it, I do have, like, here, here are my thoughts on it. Again, because you have to be serious about the business of things. 
And also because it's fun, like I think a lot of, and we actually talked about, we touched on this, so it's kind of good that we're talking about this with the hotline caller. Thank you, hotline caller. Um, we touch on it in the episode we're about to listen to with Nick, but you know, there's something about uh, the community still that just feels a little volatile. Like we we're a little bit apprehensive to to branch in other directions, but. Um, or we want to, we want to, rather than that, we want to like make ourselves unique. We want to make sure that we establish ourselves because we, we want to make sure that people don't confuse us with other things like Ninja Warrior or gymnastics or whatever it is, because, you know, we, we want our, we add deservedly. So we want that place in the, in the world of sport and the world of martial arts or the, whatever it is that you consider parkour to be. We are an original movement and I think we are an original community. We deserve that space. However, what I would say is these businesses that are hard to run, I think that, you know, what I hear from, from insider info, just knowing a few business owners and stuff, is that these trampoline parks do really well. And kids love that shit. They're, they're great for, for business, apparently. So there's enough correlation there, I would say, and also yoga, like I just talked about. Yoga and trampoline parks. I think, like, you could – this is a lot more overhead, potentially, Um or not overhead, but this is a lot more. This the starting cost to start a, a tri prong business like this would be super hard. But I think if you did a yoga, trampoline park, parkour gym combination, you might have a much more stable business practice. You know, something that has a little bit in each category, so that you get cross pollination across each business. And you know, yoga I think really complements parkour well. I think trampolines. Um, it kind of depends what you're doing, but if you have a really solid trampoline action in your gym or your park, it doesn't hurt. It certainly doesn't hurt. I don't feel like, and a lot of these parkour, excuse me, trampoline parks seem to be incorporating more parkour into them. Anyhow, they have like these boxers and taller obstacles, like sturdy, but like padded obstacles that you can flip onto and flip down from. And, you know, let's not, I just don't think we should be quite so, you know, sometimes I'm just, I love it. I love the pure aspect of parkour and that's, that's what we'd be going after. You know, we don't want to dish out any space for anything that dilutes what we're about, you know, as a community sometimes. But that's what I would say. If you're if you're a business owner out there or if you're a prospective business owner, I would imagine doing some kind of combination, you know, take your passion, but just bite the the proverbial bullet a little bit and, and merge your business with some other things that are a little more established to help kind of just some other tent poles to hold up your your tent of business with yoga and maybe some trampoline parks. Let's hear the rest of this call. I'm really uh, wanting to give back to the community and, you know, some sort of like, you know, teaching or coaching, you know, format, but I'm living currently in a place where there is no gym and uh, it's really hard to actually like, you know, get somebody to, or at least I perceive that it's really hard for me to, you know, get somebody to uh, let me coach out of their facility and actually teach, you know, real life parkour. Um, and not some like you know watered down you know mild gymnastics crap you know. Damn son, like I didn't even listen to that before we heard it. What I just say, right? We're all we're all very apprehensive about doing something. We really want to stay true to the sport. I appreciate that. I love that about us. And maybe you don't have to do that. You know, maybe there's some way that you can you can start your own program outside. You know, just entrepreneurial style. Um, but all I'm saying, what I was saying earlier, is that. The industry of parkour is not an easy road to walk right now. So if you want to make a little bit more stability for yourself, potentially you can branch out into these other areas or partner with people that 
that are willing to partner with you that believe in what your mission is about. However, if there's not really an established gym, you have to either be the person I feel like that, that starts that and sets it up, or you have to, uh, you have to be willing to work with some other things, or you have to just brave that, that cold, lonely road of just trying to, to make your, your dream come true and just teach parkour, you know, by yourself. Maybe you, you just start a small group outside, you start your own Facebook group, whatever. If you really are passionate about it, I have no doubt that, you know, you'll amass students, you know, word of mouth is all you need. And if, if you are just that solo mission, that solo crew, it might be easy enough to like get yourself fed that you can start to grow the business pretty early. Um, because you would have, you know, mobility, you'd be able to make moves quickly if it's just kind of a raw, you know, solo man unit or just some like a, a small unit of, of people that are helping you out. Um, but to be fair, I don't really know because as far as I can tell, like it takes, it takes a whole community and it wasn't me who started like apex gyms and it wasn't me who, you know, had to, to take the brunt of some of these business decisions. So best of luck to you. I, w I wish I had all the answers, man, but I don't, but, uh, I'm trying as well. Maybe on the, I'll see you on that other side, but let's wrap this one up. Last words from our caller. Um, yeah, no, if you find this call, you know, interesting enough to go ahead and play it, then let me know what you think, man. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. I did like that call, and obviously I liked it enough to play it on, on the podcast. So congratulations on being our first caller. I'm excited. I was actually a really good call. I think there's a lot of stuff there. I will take it easy. I hope you take it easy as well, man. Good luck on all of your adventures, and, you know, if there's anything else you think I can do or help you with. Don't hesitate to call back in. That number again. Oh, shit. I don't know the number. Hold on, guys. I'm about to find it for you. Um, bear with me. I'm pretty sure it's 295-720-295-PKFR. Because, yeah, boy. Of course I locked that down. But uh, let's check that. Let's double check. It's going to be in the description, so it doesn't matter. It'll be in the that young description. But just so you know, it is 720-295-7537, the hotline, the height drop hotline. All right. Without further ado, we are getting into it now. The airdrop, excuse me, the airport episode with Nicholas Ortiz. Much love to Nicholas Ortiz. Again, you can find all of his shit in the description and everything else we pretty much talked about just now in the description. Check out the links. We have sponsors, of course. I, I'm taking it light on the sponsors because I know that you guys are, I really appreciate you guys listening. I don't want to spend too much airtime, you know, trying to sell you anything, but I do really believe in, in first of all, the Onnit products. I use them all the time. They are the, my best and favorite supplements. And, you know, as an affiliate of theirs, there's nothing better you can do to support the podcast right now than to go on there and get yourself optimized with their mind and body and fitness equipment. They have, they have all sorts of great stuff. It's a dope company. Um, maybe we'll talk about it more in a future episode, but I'll leave it at that. And of course, height drop is also sponsored by Merm life clothing. If you go to mermlife.com and you enter the promo code height drop at checkout, you will get 20% off of all the illustrious goods on that website. I think that's it. Um, we'll get, we'll go ahead and get store a special, uh, uh sponsor of this episode there. There's an official, an unofficial official sponsor of this episode. And thank you for that on this episode because I'm wearing my turtleneck tomorrow. Um, that's pretty much it, boys. 
that's pretty much it. Much love to Philly community. Here we go with our seventh episode of High Drop. Nicholas Ortiz and I at Philly Airport. Enjoy. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Welcome, gang, to the episode from the airport. Do I have to keep this on my lips the whole time? You don't have to like be right up on it, but yeah, get it, get in there. Get in there. I'm Come up there. on that mic, man. Put I'm it up on, on your it. face. I, it actually, it feels kind of nice. So it's it's kind of like nice, man. Your lips tickling the mic. Yeah, dude. It like, reminds me of my beard, but like less dirty. Actually, it's probably more dirty. but They're new mics. They're not that bad yet. I'll tell you what. My facial hair that I finally have. This is maybe the most I've ever let it grow. <laughs> which is because dude, it you look, look like good. a fucking hoodlum. Look like a fucking hoodlum, exactly. <laughs> you should see the clip. You guys will see it that I post that I'm about to post next week. Yeah, and of the gangs, most gangster throw of a rock into an industrial abandoned building. Yeah, if you think it's if you think it's vandalism, well, don't because they're looking to tear the building down the next year anyway. Yeah, so guys, we're just helping down. them out a little bit. Oh it's one God, less yeah. window they yeah, have to. Everyone's going to be offended about something these days. It it's, is it's true. Too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are coming to you from the Philadelphia Airport Terminal E. Our flight was delayed an hour, so we took the opportunity. We're having a podcast, talk about the trip. I'm sitting here with the beautiful Nick Ortiz, the beautiful Hispanic, whatever I am. I don't know yeah, Tarzan. You I are. guess sometimes You're like a brown monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, most monkeys are brown. <laughs> no, most monkeys. I, I don't know what what uh, color are most monkeys actually. I don't know. That's a good question. You ever see? Yo, you ever see that documentary on like those crazy Asian monkeys with the weird noses? It's literally what? like a Disney movie. Is it? Well, no, I haven't. Dude, it's literally it's so nuts. <laughs> like it's it. They actually they follow this family of monkeys around, and there's like one point where of course the alpha with a scar in his eye like kills the baby monkey's father, and it's it's straight up it's like the what Lion the King it's but li- like Asian monkeys. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's great. I, I forgot it what out. it's called. But well, we're going to find it. I think I found it on Netflix. And actually, I think it's been like a year or two since I've seen it. So they've got to be older now. I think there's got to be a new like movie out on them. I got to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's a documentary, you said? Yeah, it's like a documentary. And, and they kill these monkeys. Like well, monkeys no, kill they don't monkeys. Ki- well, yeah. They're like, they're like, they're like just mo- studying these rare monkeys, uh, I think, in Shangri-La. What's weird about their noses? It's like they don't have a nose. It's almost like Michael Jackson-y kind of. Oh shit! <laughs> no, I don't know. They're like <laughs> they're like very pushed in. Like they have like these like really just interest. I, they just don't look like apes, really. Well, what's strange. the advantage of that? There has to be an evolutionary advantage. Right? I literally have no idea what's. Well, I want to find out about these monkeys. They're, they're like these. They're, they're like these smaller. You piqued my interest they, on these monkeys, man. You know, like I think they're called capuchin monkeys. Like the, they like even, the little. They ones. even have a cool name, capuchin. No, monkeys? no, no. That's 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 what they kind of look like, but oh. like a slightly different face. That you know, I mean, you ever see Ace Ventura? monkeys are you, man? You know a lot about monkeys. I know a lot about animals. I really love animals. You dude. should get better at swinging, dude. You like? I know. Monkeys. I should get. I'm trying to get better at swinging right now. It's one of my weak points. It sucks. But Seriously, I'm working on it. Dude, I like animals too, though. I'm not gonna lie. I think. Um, well, if you don't, yeah, piece of shit. First of all, if you don't like animals, <laughs> but like, they're super interesting. I think always like life, just is such a good reflection of like what. You know, in animals, you can see, like, all the facets of life, all the metaphors for life. Because they're just animals. They're just doing it naturally. They're not, like, self-aware like we are. So yeah. it's I'm more super fun to watch. Definitely into reptiles myself. Something I find interesting about kind of the one-track mind. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm just like, cool, I'm going to eat and not waste energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully nothing tries to kill me. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Why do you like the reptiles so much? 
Uh, just, I, mean, I mean, you like the one-track mind, but, like... Well, I think it's also a lot to do with... They kind of... I feel like they're misunderstood a lot of the times because they're not just, like, cuddly and lovable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, like, bearded dragons and skinks and stuff that typically they like to socialize a little bit and, like, their owners and, like, to hang out and watch TV and stuff. Probably just, like, to see the colors and the lights and stuff more than anything, <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. I think I just think reptiles just have like a bad rap for some reason, and they don't get a good rap. They that's really, for they sure. really don't. Especially like snakes and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Snakes really aren't that bad, depending on the yeah, species I mean, and stuff. Like, it definitely, they're depends. cool. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I don't. I don't have a I don't good have reason against them. Honestly, I did. I was a fucked up kid once, though. I kicked a snake hard. Really? Because he bit me, and I was just in my friend's like yard, and yeah. I was like, "Well, fuck this snake. He bit me." That's <laughs> kind of fair enough at that I mean, point a little bit. Yeah, I was a little kid, so you know, I was just yeah. like acting on instinct. I, I wouldn't do that now. I know the snake is just trying to defend himself. I probably got too close. Fair enough. But I mean, I was always the kind of kid who liked got to like pick him up and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Like well, that's why, like you said, they're not cute and cuddly. Here's the reason why I don't think that I'm into them as much as you are. Maybe you can convince me. I don't feel like the snake gives a shit about me. It doesn't. That's why I don't want to have it as a pet. It doesn't give a shit about anything, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I I like it. (laughs) I like dogs, man. I like snakes because they don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, they just, they're just. But did they even, like, are they, like, are they not giving a fuck because they're like, I don't give a fuck. They're just not intelligent enough to give a fuck. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, that's not that cool. I think just, like, unaware. I mean, that's not why I like them. I mean, I think it's interesting in different kind of morphs and the way they've actually. Like, I think snakes are super cool because of how long that they've survived in the world you know I, I don't actually know hundreds that is impressive hundreds of thousands of years i suppose without any limbs yeah it's just a head and a body that slithers <laughs> around and somehow you're like almost at the top of the food chain yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> no i mean there's no animal that's not interesting i would agree with you and i think it is cool like that reptiles like have this whatever like we have reptilian brain even yeah well in i mean still. like you know yeah it goes back to like learning about our amygdala like that's pretty much all they are is an amygdala that's so um, nuts. It's your lizard brain. And then I think also just from watching a lot of... Um, what do you know about the lizard brain? Anything? A decent amount, actually, because for all the people out there, I go to, I go to a therapist. I haven't uh, been going recently because oh yeah. it's a lot of money. But <laughs> um, I suffer from anxiety and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. actually, the the way your amygdala functions, it's your flight or flight part of your brain. It's the most... Oh, interesting. Like primitive yeah, yeah, part yeah. of your brain. It's basically the. It's part like part of like it's the one that's like it's it's, it's basically core. like core. It's like basically your brain stem. It's yeah, not even yeah. Like it's really like, like in your. It's like the back of your brain. Yeah, you know? it's like, like one of the, it's the like root. one of the first. I believe if I'm not mistaken, one of the first pieces of our consciousness that has actually evolved. So like to come past that oh, yeah. point of just being alive and tell your brain telling you to eat. It's the first part that like starts understanding the world around you so it starts telling you what's scary and what's not and like what's a threat um so actually like you know when people have certain anxieties and that sort of thing mm-hmm. for me it's social anxiety um when i used to I, i've gotten better with it now but what used to happen was i would feel afraid of being around a bunch of people mm-hmm. and just leave because my amygdala saw it as a threat as something that could kill me oh yeah and from leaving and constantly like shutting myself out it cause that part of my brain to continue thinking that it's actually a real threat they're like okay i saved myself by doing this whereas if you kind of allow yourself to be afraid and then get past that like crazy anxiety you're feeling because you're mm-hmm. feeling real fear your brain is telling yeah, you like i difference. might die doing this um if you can expose yourself to it to it long enough it's called exposure therapy yeah 
it um it allows you to take the thing you're afraid of your amygdala to realize oh this isn't actually a threat like i'm not gonna die from this and your brain turns off that fear response um it's not like an easy it's not a fix for absolutely i'm sure everyone, it's not like completely like, like formulaic where you, like, you yeah. can't just be like all right just spend an hour in front of these people and yeah. you won't be scared well of i mean it's no like more. little things so like, like, like one of the things i had to do for instance was uh one thing is i, I just don't I get nervous talking to people in general on the phone, cashiers, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, like, what I have to do now is whenever I get the opportunity to do, I mean, I don't when it's, like, crazy amounts of people online mm-hmm. and stuff. But whenever I go to a supermarket, I no longer use, like, self-checkout oh, unless yeah. it's the faster option. But um, yeah. if I have the time. You just force yourself into these situations. Yeah, I force, force yourself to, to just put go yourself up to the cashier uncom- and discomfort. talk to the cashier. Yeah. Which is just, like, what you should be doing, like – anyways as a person you know like that's how you grow and then it's really the only way to to live you know yeah you know i mean it works the the more that you try to cocoon yourself in the more you just become yeah that like cocoon stage of life where you're like i'm literally doing fuck all yeah i'm just like wrapping myself yeah in like the the security of like whatever i can find around me but then you literally don't move you know yeah that stage is not like it's not the best place. It's not a cool in. place. It's, it's not. I'd rather be a caterpillar or a butterfly than a cocoon. Yeah. You know, like, but I mean, whatever. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this metamorphosis metaphor. Well, I like mean, that. like, well, like one one but of the uh, things <laughs> I can relate it to is it actually goes back to like fear and training and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I realize they work the same exact way. That it's all about exposure. Oh yeah. And the reason people yeah, can like do that. stuff at heights and that sort of thing is because they expose themselves to it for a long time. Yeah, because you're just like, all right, I'm up here. Okay. The first wave washes over you, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, I'm not going to die. Yeah, And then, yeah. like, it comes back maybe the first next three times, five times, whatever yeah. it is. And then eventually you're just like, all right, I'm just consistently comfortable at this type of scenario. Yeah, and, like, it's a real fear, too. Like, your mm-hmm. your amygdala is seeing the height in front of you, and it's like, cool, if I fall off this, I will die. Yeah. And from just, you know, just walking around up there, you start realizing, or, like, your amygdala starts to realize, like, Oh, okay, just being up here isn't the danger. It's me being stupid and falling off. That's the danger. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, and, you know, it builds on it builds on top of itself. You know, it goes to a small jump, to a medium jump, large jump, etc. Um, and I think I think one of the I think one of the best things to do in order to conquer the fear and that sort of thing, especially at heights, is to just expose yourself to it slowly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Complete exposure therapy. Yeah, you can't get. There's nothing better than just being close to it yeah exactly you know and the closer you can get like the floor closer you lay even i mean we've talked about it before but just like get into that position get as close to the like position that scares you as possible yeah and then that's like still safe all of a sudden it like it 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 turns around really quickly that's what's nuts yeah you know it can happen within the over the course i've had it happen like over the course of weeks to months like all right this thing that used to scare me now doesn't scare me after like months of being exposed to it i've yeah. had it happen also within like a few minutes yeah, i've had I've it just been like all right i just put myself in the position and now i'm okay and yeah I'll try the, the 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 move or whatever it is that it's i want c- it's kind of crazy how it can of, vary, like five minutes right? ago yeah yeah because like I, i've had some like that as well where it's like you know 20 minutes in i'm like oh okay i'm not really scared anymore and like it's still a hard challenge mm-hmm. um but there's been some where it's been like like a full year yeah, like a full year of being like afraid of it, then just bit by bit working it out and just putting myself. Well, your brain's up there. chunking, right? It's like yeah. mapping this whole thing out, and eventually, I feel like your brain. I mean, that's what your fear is 
valid, right? Your yeah. brain is knowing that, all right, you haven't chunked this out enough. You can't, like, recognize potentially, you know, subconsciously even. You might be – your brain's telling you, okay, well, we, we, don't, we haven't, like, figured out all the variables in this situation. There's still, like, a certain amount of risk that is alarming to us, hence the fear. Yeah. And then eventually I feel like you just chunk pattern recognition, whatever it is. Like, your brain just goes, we're here. I know what's going on. It's all good. We have like systems are a go. We have protocol for everything in this situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's then, it's not like you're on autopilot, but you have like autopilot almost. You have that ability. A little bit, yeah. You know? it, especially once you like kind of start, I feel like once you get going and you, yeah. you just start the movement, whatever it is you're doing. Reflexive. You jump. I don't start. know if you talked to Zoe, that, that girl, the climber that came to the fear workshop, but yeah. she, she was telling me that there's like, I forget the other term, but there's like reflexive. Um, behavior or something and then there's like the voluntary or like deliberate you know like yeah there's certain neuro pathways that some of them it's like if you have the, the the modes engaged and i think it's not just with physical movement but probably with like i was saying some sort of just recognizing the surface your surroundings your environment yeah as not hostile but now like these are friendly yeah yeah totally and like yeah because because it, it goes back to even no, just using myself as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, bars were something that terrified me. Oh, yeah. Like, walking into one, all, all I can think of was just fear. It's like, I can't <laughs> trust any of these people. Someone's well, and by the <laughs> way, we're talking about actual, like, the muggle bars. Yeah. Not bars, like, swinging Not on swing bars. bars. Talking about, like, going out, like, talking about what going everyone does. I didn't go to my... where liquor is served. Actually... I guess I did. I did go to like one bar when I was in Denmark, but that was the first bar I ever went to, and I was 22. Mm-hmm. And I just went there because everyone we were all leaving, and I wanted to see everyone for the last night. Um, but other than that, I didn't touch a bar again for about another two years before like I went with you and like Danny <laughs> and stuff. And I don't know. I never. I was never the social human. Never did parties or anything like that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Like I feel kind of left out now, honestly. <laughs> like I feel like I. I missed out on some things, and that was my own fault. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean. But, like. I don't know. But, like, now, I don't know. What, I, what used to happen all the time was, I guess, from experience of just growing up, um, especially, like, in New York and that sort of thing, was all I could ever think of was being in a bar was somebody wanting to start a fight for no reason or someone, like, trying to stab well, me. Well, probably is, like, from like where you came <laughs> from, too, like, in your upbringing, like, having some of the gang, like, affiliations near or adjacent to some of you and your friends and family, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that makes sense. You well, know, that's I mean, like, like habituation. Like, you were raised in an environment that way. Yeah, I mean, like... Where like for me, is like, going to a bar is just like, there's drunk douchebags. Yeah. And you're probably one of them. That's pretty much the worst <laughs> case scenario. Fair enough, yeah. You know, like... Because like, <laughs> I remember... Or, 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 you know, it's fine. Like, it depends yeah. on the company. Like, it always... Like, if you're going out with the right group, good times are always yeah. going to be had, you know? But... Yeah. I think a lot of it might have to do with like upbringing and where I grew up because even, even just in places that weren't that social or that big where a lot of people were like, there was always kind of shit going down. I remember being in the woods and mm-hmm. like this, this friend of mine, he was like smoking weed in the woods. <laughs> um, and I was just hanging out. This, this is like before I ever experimented with anything uh-huh. and was like super against it and like pretty like, I guess like straight edge. Yeah. But I didn't claim myself a straight edge, but we were just hanging out and he like, we, you know, we took a step away from him. Mm-hmm. And he's just smoking weed in the woods, <laughs> and these like three kids walk up to him and steal his pipe and like his weed and shit, and we're like telling us they're gonna fuck us up and everything. And I'm like, what are you, what are you guys even talking about? Like, ha- what even happened? 
I don't even know what's happened at this point. And like, I think that's that's been my experience entirely growing up, and it just made me not well, want to be. in I mean, it's real too. Around. I mean, getting into that, mm-hmm. I mean, especially young age and stuff, yeah. like there's real consequences and there's real danger associated with like drugs and alcohol abuse. Yeah. I would say, you yeah. know, even in my experience, like there's the sketchiest situations I got in was to was with alcohol involved for sure. Yeah. 100% and drugs. And yeah. like the people like that was just that it, they go hand in hand, Yeah. especially because a lot of it's illegal, you know? Yeah. And that's one of the you know reasons why people are against the criminalization and even like just it being illegal at all like a lot of these drugs yeah, yeah. because basically you just keep it criminal it, yeah, you it keep it dangerous yeah it keeps perpetuating this sort of um criminal behavior and these sort of aggressive tendencies I and think. you keep it taboo you know it's yeah. it's super dumb because then it makes it cool that's yeah. why kids get into that kind of stuff is because they they want to rebel they're yeah. they're angsty or whatever or they want to th- you know they want to experiment but they want to do it if the family life is not necessarily the best even if it is people are going to like want to rebel yeah and do what they're not supposed to do yeah 100 percent. so it's it's super counterproductive it is extremely because counterproductive, like most kids i think are are actually capable of understanding the the consequences of drugs but we're sold an idea at least you know still i think and i was certainly that everything about drugs is bad yeah and everything about like you like I get why, you know, now that I'm older, I get why they want to steer kids away from all that stuff. But yeah. I also just don't think that the message, I mean, who knows? I'll probably, you know, who kn- every every time I get older, every every 10 years, five years, even two, one year, I'm like, oh, okay, I see how, like, much harder this problem is to solve. Not that I, like, know anything about it anyways. I know that, like, it, everyone's doing the best they can. Yeah. But it is stupid, you know, to tell to expect kids to behave the right way and experiment with drugs the right way when you tell them lies, in my opinion. You yeah, know? It's I, like, I, all right, I it's agree. bad. You, you try this one drug, you'll end up dead yeah. on the streets. It's like, that's not true, you know? Like, yeah. it, it's such an exaggeration sometimes that that's actually how it becomes that way, I think. I because then kids see, they try the drugs or they try the alcohol, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, it's bullshit, you know? Yeah. Like, I, that's not... But I think they, I th- they were lied to me. So then they then they really want to dive down deep and see how yeah. deep the rabbit hole goes. Whereas like if you just explain to them like the risks, rewards, why people use it a little bit more like thoroughly, if you can have that conversation with your kid, who knows? What the fuck do I know? Well, I'm not a kid. To, to I'm not totally a parent. Honest, so. No, I kind of I kind of agree with you because I, I I personally am someone who kind of feels like we treat kids too much like kids mm-hmm. sometimes, um, especially when like they're in their mid-teens, older teens. We like as a whole as a whole of society we tend to see them as a lot less intelligent than they really are yeah yeah they don't know everything but they can understand things and like if you treat them i feel like if you typically i mean mm-hmm. give or take every kid's different but if you actually treat them like a person rather than someone who's beneath you and younger and dumb dumber than you just simply because they are younger mm-hmm. i feel like it may it makes them not want to listen to you even more yeah, whereas if 100%. you like if you, if you take their points to see it as valid um, you know, for instance, I definitely noticed, and this is all anecdotal, 100%. I might be wrong, but yeah. in my own experience growing up in school, like you know, I had I would have these kids that were pillheads, fuck ups, not willing to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. But the moment they had a teacher that was like actually cool with them and treated them like a person rather than a dumb kid, they 
that one specific class, they always did better and they always tried harder. They always actually mm-hmm. paid attention to what that teacher was saying and what they were listening to. And just need a little love, even, man. And even if it's just a Why small can't you give a little bit of love to these like, children like instead of just hating on them? Like, you know, you, know you, you have kids that are getting like 55s and like failing all their classes. Then you have one yeah. English teacher who's doing a good job and bumps them to a 75. It's like, okay, cool. They might not be doing phenomenally, but it's improvement. Yeah, and it's like now imagine if that was the base level was was treating these treating these kids like humans, yeah, rather than just dumb droolers. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's super sad, man. Like the older you get, now you realize that they just just like every other industry, there's a lot of great people in the industry, but there's probably even more people that are average or not so great. Yeah, that yeah. work in every field, you yeah. know, and including teachers. And you see that so many times, like not just in teachers, but just any like adults that just want to write kids off and be like, yeah. that kid's a fuck up. Yeah. He's a loser, like or they, they, not just kids, but anyone. Like it's so common in society to just want to be labeling people. Yeah, that's like a super weird instinct or some kind of like tribal thing that happens with humans and just people in general. Yeah, like if you're not conscious, if you don't try to bring that those thoughts to your attention and like make sure that you're not full of shit, like saying these things, then you'll be prone to say these things too. You yeah. know, you'll be prone to say things like. Oh, like those kids are fuck ups. Like you, you distance your. I don't know what it is. Like what people are trying to do necessarily when they, they try to cast past judgment on others. You know, it's usually some kind of insecurity, right, or something. That's they make uh, them feel better about say. themselves. You know, like this person sucks. By saying that, I feel a little bit better because I, I'm not fucking up with pills or I'm not doing whatever. Yeah, and I, and I, I agree <laughs> with that. Be- just, just um, looking at myself really, because mm-hmm. I used to be. I can still be judgmental now, which is oh yeah, which annoys me a little bit. But oh yeah, I was. I don't I, think I'm ever getting rid of it completely. For sure, but you know, I but was. Like, yeah. I was extremely bad, and it took me a while to realize that you know I was always looking at everyone and judging everyone, like no matter what, and always mm-hmm. trying to find something wrong with them all the time. When in reality, I was finding kind of everything wrong with myself, and yeah. I was projecting that onto them so I could feel better about who I was. Yeah, it's that's so true. I mean. It's nuts because, yeah, the more that people talk about blank anything, literally, especially when they're speaking negatively about someone, it's like the biggest indicator that that's like the thing that they hate most about themselves. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. It's so obvious. Like, like I realized after a while, you know, you just start to be like, oh, you are that way. That's why you're saying that. Yeah. Like I realized oh, you hate all those people because <laughs> you can't handle your pills. Yeah. You know, like or you know that you d- you couldn't, you know, you're scared yeah. of the pill and you're scared of like what it would do to you because you feel weak or something yeah. by it. You feel like. You know, and yeah, maybe they are fucking their lives up, but it's just it makes no sense to have that hold that sentiment of like fuck that guy, piece of shit. It's yeah. like, well, are you gonna help, help anybody? Are you gonna like try to help this person or okay, you're not okay, mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Like I think for me, it was a lot of um, I used to very much, and I, and I still catch myself doing it nowadays, even, and it's like I I think it's stupid and annoying, and I have to keep myself in check. Yeah. But I would find myself hating on things because everyone else was into it, and. Oh yeah, I still do that. I still, I still do it. It's like an angst. I'm thing super for like. Sure. Count, I like to go the other way. Yeah. I recognize that that like it's not necessarily like a issue too though. Yeah. Well, for so me, for me, it was. I was like, I think I was too extreme on it, and I mm-hmm. and I tracked it down to realize that the reason I was doing that was because I didn't initially fit in, especially as like mm. when I was a really young kid, and because I didn't fit in growing up, 
I forced myself to be this person that wasn't in counterculture, like, baby. Yeah, yeah, being complete counterculture, out anarchist, whatever. People want to feel like they're unique. Maybe you know? like yeah, maybe feel unique and like I was supposed to be important or something. When in reality, I'm not. I'm just a human <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a tough pill to swallow, man. It like, is. It is. Yeah. I'm still trying to swallow it, dude. Like, dude, it's lodged in my throat. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like a dude who like jumps off buildings and stuff, but I still have problems and I still get sad and I. No one's perfect at all whatsoever, and like I'm probably doing a lot less with my life than a lot of other people are now. Oh come <laughs> on, dude! But like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Well, we all no, feel depends. that way. Like yeah. we all feel that way. Like at some points, and I think like the people that are doing a lot in quotes, you know, with their lives, they feel that way the like potentially the most. No, who for knows? Sure. You know, like a lot of what drives people to that success, that like perceived success or like real success, can be especially the perceived success yeah you know the people that like you tend to like think of when you when you're like comparing yourself to like these you know the things that are the, the most the biggest pitfalls i think like i don't know people just celebrities or people that have like the the assumed lifestyle that's like awesome because of you know whatever it is money cars and like power influence women whatever it is like or men if you're you know into that <laughs> but uh but uh I think that stuff is like a lot of those people, you know, the more and more I've gotten exposed to it, the people that like gravitate towards that, they, that's because that's their insecurity potentially, you know, and that doesn't necessarily correlate as far as I can tell. There still can be really happy people that are extremely successful and there can be, but like, I think more often like that's by not accident, I guess, but like uh, people that stay true to themselves that are really happy have a better chance of like also being successful. But I still think that like there's a lot of really successful people that are driven to it through like weird, like it motivations that are almost unhealthy. like obligations. Yeah, or they they have a sickness because they always want to compare themselves, and that's what drives them. You know, they want to be like better than people. They still have like that problem where they can't. That's how they feel special. You know, they still haven't like swallowed the pill the same way that the thing that they're trying to do just like you were trying to not f you're like oh i don't fit in so i'm gonna do whatever you know like i'm gonna dress differently i'm gonna get tattoos or something or i'm gonna like not saying that's why you got yours but just like i won't even lie that's probably part of it <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like yeah <laughs> no i mean it's a thing and like but whatever like all that shit like that can potentially stem from insecurity and then same thing that's all i'm saying like this thing that drives some some tech billionaire to be the tech billionaire he is or, you know, some athlete is th the same kind of insecurity. Like, I have to feel unique. Like, this is the only thing that makes me special, blah, blah, blah. And then it's still like a facade, you know? It's yeah. still like not really a true experience that they love it. Yeah. And you hear about a lot of athletes, you know, professional athletes even that fucking hate what they do. They're just yeah. like, well, I fucking, I'm good at it and I can make money. So that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I can totally understand that. Because I think like... As much as I do genuinely love parkour, I think that was that was the spark for it for me, was that it was this thing that I could do that was not what anyone else was doing, mm -hmm. that for some reason made me feel like I was on some sort of pedestal, which I realize now is totally wrong. It's <laughs> not at all what I should have been going for. Yeah, and like it's not, so weird. Not, not even to like talk shit on the community, but I feel like a fair chunk of the community did the same thing. Oh yeah, and like they no, still I, they, I and like some people still kind of cling on to it, and I'm at the point now where I'm I'm totally past that. Yeah. 
and I realized like, oh, I'm not better than anyone else for doing this thing. Like it's 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 just like anybody else's sport. It's just like you know, football, basketball, skateboarding. You know, what whatever yeah. sport or passion anyone has, it's just the thing someone does because they yeah. like it. It's, it's like not, we're all it in it together, man. Like anybody else. Yeah, like, I know. It's so strange. Like people <laughs> want to put fucking. I mean, obviously there is some contention with Fig because we feel like they're attacking our sport. But like, yeah. Aside from that, aside like from people that, like yeah. want to shit on gymnastics. So like, oh, let's fuck those guys because we are parkour and they're bullshit because they do shit on pads and whatever. And it's like, it's like, do you know how oh, hard gymnasts it's work? Like, you what? ever tried gymnastics? Like, dude, it's, <laughs> I'm actually inspired by some gymnastics, and I yeah. I think a lot of us would be lying if we didn't admit the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah, they don't do shit on concrete. Like, we're more into that. Cool, but. We're still we're doing like some like of the quad same quad shit, and like, like yeah, and it doesn't matter anyways. It's like, is that why you do it? So you can be like, I'm not a lame gymnastics person. I'm yeah, a cool so you can feel better guy. than everyone else. Like, like. <laughs> all right, but yeah, dude, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's like it it fulfills that that need. It feeds that desire, like we're talking about, to feel unique and feel special. Yeah, because it was a new thing. You could really like do a lot. I mean, I super. I'm super uh, aware of that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Er, even early on in my training, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Because you get to, like, really participate in something. Yeah. You, you, get, you get to, like, be a part of something bigger than yourself, which everyone wants, which is weird because, like, it's the thing that makes us feel special. But it's also the th- it also is the thing that helps us connect, which is really what we're, you know, I think yeah. a better thing to be after. Yeah, you know, yeah. We all get that community. And I think ultimately, like, then you kind of mature and, and meld both worlds where it's like, all right, like you're saying, you don't do it for those reasons you just do it because you like it and you get some of the cool benefits like the community and you get to express yourself whatever but it doesn't make you like actually more unique because you do the more rare sport or whatever yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just like i don't know because i guess like i guess some sometimes i feel like some people try to make it seem like it's more intense or scarier than like skateboarding or something Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of like no, it's the same. It's the same degree of difficulty. Yeah, like it's all both ways. It just depends on which one you put the time into. Exactly, and everything's got its own little personality. Yeah, like yeah. I, I love fighting because I feel like fighting is like the coolest. You know, in my eyes, like it's one of the coolest metaphors for for all the things that we're talking about right now. Yeah, because it's a sport. It's just so vivid. It's so real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so obvious. Like you're going up against opponents. You're getting the shit kicked out of you literally and figuratively, (laughs) you know? And it's in front of people. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like that's why I love fighting is just the, the amount of pressure. It feels like it condenses all the hardest parts of so many sports, but that doesn't make me love parkour less. It just makes me fucking like fighting too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad to have (laughs) other interests. Um, I mean, loads of people kind of just watch different sports for the sake of watching them. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> again, going back to, like, extreme sports, like, how many parkour athletes watch, like, BMX and line skating videos, surfing videos? Oh, yeah. they're all like, damn, these guys are nuts. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I used to be like, oh, I'm fucking cool. Like, I used to think that, like, it was cool because I didn't care about team sports. Like, I don't care about the Broncos. I still yeah. think that. I think, like, fighting – I think team sports are kind of stupid still. Yeah. Like, that's just part of my – what I like, my logic. But I don't like shit on people for you know. Yeah. Like I, I, u- I used to shit on people. Now yeah. I'm like, wait, that's stupid. Like yeah. they like their thing. Let them they like, like their, their thing. thing you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a dumb. It's it's all <laughs> some shit to get into. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's I'm it's what connects them it. to the friends that they are connected with. Yeah. Just like the things I'm into. You know, whatever. 
it's all good. I think it's cooler to find to follow individuals still. Yeah. I like sports where there's individuals that you can follow because yeah. they're always a real person and they're always like you're getting more out of it. I think you get a lot more as a fan out of like getting like to know lessons. some single person yeah. rather than like some organization. But, you know, the the crazy big fans of like the Broncos or like some of these legendary, you know, the Yankees and stuff like these huge organizations they know everything about it and like it's it's just as rich really yeah, you know it's yeah. just as rich a history as like some someone's life yeah you know they have like all these epic arrows and the right people you know i don't know and I'm it might be good it shit, might, i think it might even be good to kind of balance both because they they both i feel like kind of teach you different things yeah and they're because like i don't know i don't think i don't think necessarily one is more important or stronger than the other i mean team sports i think have a stronger sort of force in the world in general for lack of a better way of putting mm-hmm. it just because humans are like social creatures it allows it allows for that real sort of like <laughs> i can't think of a right way to say it that doesn't sound stupid but like it kind of goes back to you know hundred thousand years ago when that we're tribal still living in hunts that very instinct. like very tribal mentality yeah and a lot and allows that's kind of why I, like i'm a i'm not against it but i'm like yeah. i think that's one of the things that holds us back like as a as humanity yeah is like our tendency to like be so tribal you know yeah, like yeah. we're talking about like ultimately that's the thing that makes you want to shit on other people and divide us yeah, yeah because we're like we're in this camp they're in that one yeah 100 percent. yeah it, it is kind of like that's that, like why bit. i like to try to at least pay attention to the individuals like I, f- I feel like you know a team sports for instance like it teaches you to be they teach you to be like strong and be there for the people that are on your side and that mm-hmm. sort of thing but it kind of also goes to a kind of extreme sometimes in the other direction you know you you have people rioting and fighting and that sort of thing because they're wearing a different team yeah. shirt like like it's ridiculous but like between like the red Sox well, yeah, and we the were Yankees just in, for I mean we're in Philly right now they yeah. fucking rioted, rioted their own home because they won. Because they won. <laughs> That's how much but team I, spirit. But can I get think you. about it like if you were if we you fucked up our own town. Like if you go to Philly <laughs> or if you go to Boston with like New York license plates. Oh yeah. Or if you have like it's not even so much New York license plates, but if you have like a Yankee sticker or something on your on your car, like Someone it's not it's not super unlikely that someone's gonna like smash your window in or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like what because I like a different team, you're gonna uh, yeah. make this person go into debt. What the I fuck know, is that? Some, <laughs> that's yeah, ridiculous. That's, that's complete it's insanity. Like and that's not the that's not the majority at all whatsoever. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily. I feel like typically sports like team sports as a whole don't necessarily discourage that. And then yeah. And then for the. For the other side of that sort of thing, individual sports, you know, MMA, where, you know, you have one-on-one fighters, um, skate competitions, more extreme sports, that sort of thing. They teach you how to be an individual and express yourself as an individual, but Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like they also really tend to teach people to alienate themselves from everything that's not Yeah, that individual focus, yeah, yeah, it can become, like, narcissism or, like, selfishness or, like, some kind of... Yeah, doesn't allow you to be like a team player sometimes when it's necessary. Hundred percent, dude. And you can sort of be be like the bringer of your own downfall because you're not willing to listen to what anybody else is saying because you're like, I'm an individual. I'm the the way I do it. Yeah, and you see it happen over and over, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I'm guilty of it myself personally. Oh yeah, it's been it's been detrimental to my own life. But yeah, I'm also sure. learning the lesson from it, and I'm starting to realize that you know there is a balance between the two. They they both have important lessons on both sides of the spectrum. God damn it, 
the duality of life. The duality you can of never life. fucking say anything. It's always there's two sides of it's the story. It, like I, I'm, I'm the more the older <laughs> I get, the more I'm starting to realize like oh like I don't know I don't know who who it is necessarily, but balance is just right. Like balance is everything. Mm-hmm. Yin and yang. You need you need both sides. Yeah. You need to play with a little. Which bit is of why. Because we had we had a crazy trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Like and like there were points in the trip where like. I was just like, this fucking sucks. Like, I just, (laughs) I mean, I've been having a good time, but, like, there's just moments where you're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Fucking, like, didn't sleep left last night, and I slept on a couch, so my hips are all (laughs) cocked to the side. And, like, my arm is asleep, and my eyes are all, like, crusty because I just haven't showered or, you know, whatever. Just, you have those those down moments, but everything, because of the duality of everything, and I've, because I've taken enough trips, I know that like those are going to be the le- memories that I cherish the most. Yeah. The ones because yeah. like whatever it is, like the one the times when you're down, those make me laugh so much harder. Yeah. Than like the good memories, like yeah. all the things that were great on this trip. It's really fun when it happens, but the things that last like five, ten years from now, are the ones where I'm like, oh my god, god. remember how much that sucked? That <laughs> yeah. was so funny. Remember when I came home and there was just a freaking burn line on my thighs? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> Remember when that guy fell off a roof, roof and, and just broke his ankles? He didn't even break his ankles. He shattered his feet. Shattered his feet and he, broke his tibia. There's a roof so next to Jace's guy. house. And, yeah, we just heard. <laughs> like, yeah, I, th- I thought someone was throwing stuff and oh fighting and God. shit. And then, like, I run outside and there's just a dude on the floor with, like, nails in the ground. And I was like, uh, okay, he's fucked up. We need, we need an ambulance right now. Yeah. Hopefully he recovers, like, quite soon. But that yeah. was... That was an intense experience for, like, everybody, I think. We were all just, like, didn't know what to do, just confused on what the hell even happened. <laughs> Basically, I was just like, all right, well, <laughs> that guy fell off a roof. There's, like, eight people standing around him right now. Oh, my God, what the fuck is this shit? You guys hear that? All right, we're chilling, <laughs> we're chilling. I thought the fire alarm just went off, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Ooh, our, our flight's about to board. All right, so we might have to wrap this up a little early. This is a short one. This is a really short one. Really short Maybe one. Maybe we could pick it back up in a, Maybe in we, a day we, or two. Maybe we could pick it back up, yeah. Maybe we'll do a two-parter. Yeah. Two-parter, because we really wanted to sit down and talk about our trip to Philly. Yeah. Um, But we really just got sidetracked with all the, the amazing duality of life, dude. <laughs> the duality. <laughs> and all this cool shit. Life, life just takes you by surprise sometimes. Yeah, man. But our flight is starting to board, so, I mean... Just in a few words before, we, you know, just in case we don't wrap it up, like, we really enjoyed Philly. Yeah, Philly was sick. Honestly, like, if you haven't checked out Philly at all for training or anything like that, I don't know why like the community's been so small and, like, it's a diamond kind of in quiet. The rough. It's like a real diamond in the rough. Like, hitting up, like, a couple of roof missions with the guys, I started to realize it. It actually reminded me a fair bit of, like, English rooftops. There's crazy long mm-hmm. runs all over the place and Mad crazy runs missions. At, like, like awesome cool to big heights. Like, Cool yeah, industrial, like, height, dude, like that that building that uh, they took us to, Andy and uh, Zach and you know, Zoe yeah, all like the Pinnacle else. Parkour, the Pinnacle guys. Gang, the Pinnacle yeah. Parkour Gang. Much love to those guys. Shout them out real quick, uh, just because they they did an awesome job. Like everyone in that crew, yeah. Pat and uh, Gabe for hosting us. Like much love to you guys. And just just for getting us out there as well. And we getting us out. Oh my make god. Well, them. yeah, and I'm. I, I'm bummed we couldn't stay longer in some ways, but I'm glad that we can come back and do it right because yeah. like, we were kind of sore from the trip. We were, like, just a little bit beat up, you know, and uh, it's been really exciting to know that I'm going to be able to come back here at some point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting back to Philly because there's some crazy, like, untouched potential that's out there, and it's 
definitely one of like one of the nicest cities I've seen in the states right now for training actually. For training. Yeah. Because it's kind of grungy. It's grungy. It's as nice hell, because dude. it's not so nice. Yeah. It's fucking. There's mad abandoned shit. Yeah. And, like, you just yeah. climb on whatever. It's got cool buildings, cool skylines, like lots of architecture. architecture. Ooh, Ooh Jinx, yeah. baby. <laughs> Got a high five on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's super dope. Big, com- and then we had this workshop out here. We did a fear workshop. Really, uh, just mad love to anyone who came out. That was really fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. We had a, we had a big turnout. Like it, it was way more. Um, it went way better, like necessar- than I hoped. You know. Yeah, which yeah. Which is always a good too. thing. Yeah. And um, obviously, the Florida trip was fucking sick as well. Like really good time. My my wallet was stolen. <laughs> which sucks. So I had to yeah. get fondled in the airport twice. <laughs> because when you get your wallet stolen and you don't have ID, they have you. They have to do a pat down, and I don't like it. <laughs> Say that much. Man, I can't blame you. You got a dude getting kind of violated, smacking the back of his hand against your nutsack. I don't really enjoy that. <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Yeah, dude, they just, they molest you, dude. I don't like these pat downs. I don't know if you guys have ever been patted down at the airport." It's a violation, man. <laughs> it's hey, man, they got to do what they got to do. what they do, man. I, I feel bad for, ugh, for Hey, anyone. dude, people hide some stuff in some weird places. Well, yeah, I get that, but I'm not hiding anything, all right? I don't know that. Well, <laughs> you don't have to squeeze. And I didn't get squeezed. That, that's, a, that's a stretch. But <laughs> you fucking, like, I don't like it, dude. I, I don't like some dude just fucking grazing my fucking talking balls <laughs> in the airport with like 40 people standing around i'm in a full t capital t shape oh that sounds kind of nice yeah for you maybe no i don't really i'm good <laughs> whatever thanks tampa for stealing my wallet you assholes out there <laughs> the ha- that asshole homeless man who took got the one dollar out of my wallet <laughs> and like 500 oh GoPro. he took my gopro though <laughs> it wasn't even my gopro shit that was the one the thing that was the worst part yeah was uh, but it's all good again i'll remember it i'll remember yeah. it and i'll laugh i'll yeah. laugh it might take me five now. years to laugh at that one because it's we were in tampa and your wallet got stolen i just found your bag ruffled through in some amphitheater <laughs> god damn it dude but through the struggles we find triumph and uh <laughs> i'm glad i triumphed with you big boy yeah it was a good it was time. super good trip i'm excited to get home it's gonna this is actually not the end this is going to be a sucky This is going to suck. We're going to yeah. take a long red eye to back to Denver. It's going to be snowing. And if I'm lucky, the buses will still be running so I can get home at 3 in the morning. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Going to be a late night. Actually, I might just pull an all-nighter. Screw it. I don't care. Play, yeah. some, play some Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. Yeah. How many uh, How many Colossi you got left? I don't even know. I think I've done like nine. Oh, yeah. so I think there's a dozen, right? Something like that. It was like 15 or something. Boss like game, literally. In every meaning of the word boss. Yeah. It's cool as hell. Beautiful visuals. And you only fight bosses. <laughs> yep. All right. On that note, I can't wait to have it back on, dude. I wish we could talk longer. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Ortiz, my main man, my brother from another mother. And my boy Brandon Douglas over here. We're out. See you guys back in Colorado. Peace, love, Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs>